straight out of Austin, Texas. It's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, Statesman Sports Columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first, On Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 280, brought to you by Hook'em.com, our good friends at Bud Light. My name is Cedric Golden. I'm with the Duck, Kirk Bowles. Big game on Saturday in Lawrence, the Texas Longhorns, and the Kansas Jayhawks going head-to-head, a battle of six and four teams. And Duck, one of the best feel-good stories in all of college football. Lance Leipold has the Jayhawks Bowl eligible for the first time. Since 2008, under our good friend Mark Mangino, who we just, we loved him. Um, But Lance joins us today to chop it up. Lance, how are you today? I'm doing well, gentlemen. Thanks for the opportunity, and uh, it's good to be with you. And you were telling us before we started this that uh, you had a slight dusting of snow, uh, and you promised (laughs) the Longhorn fans that that's not going to reoccur before Saturday, correct? Yeah, yeah, you know... uh, it's a little earlier than we anticipated, so we want to make sure that uh, we 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 try to warm it up a little bit for for our visitors. But uh, I guess it's November in the Midwest. That's very nice of you. <laughs> we heard 15 degrees, and you know I'm I'm flying out on Friday with our uh, beat writer Danny Davis, and if those rumors are true, I just you know. <laughs> I just might ski in instead of flying. Is it really, is it really 15 degrees or is it going to be warmer than that? I I think right now we're talking high 20s for Friday, but talking 40s for for uh, game day. Good so, football weather, right? Take it. Yeah, that'll be fine. It'll, yeah, it's, you know, and I think with that mid-afternoon kickoff, I think we're going to get the best of what we can have versus the 11 or the later slot. So, I think it'll be a good football day for, for everyone. And Lance coached in uh, Wisconsin and Buffalo, so he knows cold weather. So yeah. you yeah. probably you probably I, go I, a short sleeve <laughs> shirt, don't you? That's right. I we try to say you gotta gotta mind you gotta gotta trick your mind a little bit and work through those things. But uh um yeah, it'll it I've been through a few in my time, that's for sure. But you guys are just having a great year. As said said you are bow eligible. First time in uh, 14 years. So why is Kansas so much better this year than they were a year ago, Lance? Well, I think there's, uh, you know, Kirk, there's probably a lot of reasons. I, I think, um, you know, one, we were able to use the transfer portal to to get a little more depth and and some things. Our second year in the system, I think, as many, many know that they may follow, especially our conference the timing of taking this job over a year ago was very unusual, unique in the fact that we really didn't get here hired about May 1st, did not have any spring football. And, uh, you know, taking a while, you know, we changed some things schematically on both sides of the ball and, you know, and, and, and going through that, uh, it, it took a while, you know, I think, you know, probably a game that helped us started to see the the light of day, so to speak, was last year's game down in Austin. And I, I think, if in, in a in another way, the way I've looked at it now is, if we really look back and say, August of last year was our spring ball, mm. September was our fall camp, 
<laughs> October was our September. Well, then we started to play a little better ball down the stretch, which would have been mid-season. And I think when everybody looked at, uh, you know, last year and, and the upset, you know, and where it was, but really it was the two weeks that followed for us to go down to TCU and play well. And then at West Virginia, I think it's really was the momentum starting that uh, we could, we could have a chance to be a better football program. It, it, it parlayed itself into the spring and we got ourselves off to a good start and, and our kids are starting to believe in one another, believe in the system. And I'm really proud of them and our coaches. I'm going to tell you, Jalen Daniels was a hero of that game. And uh, that was his, basically his announcement to college football that, Hey, I'm a player. And and for the first five weeks of the season, he may have been the best player in the whole country. Then he gets hurt. And now we're hearing the stories that he's practicing, he's cleared. I want you to clear it up on on second thought. Two days before <laughs> the game, is Jalen Daniels going to be your starter, or will it be the very the very capable Jason Bean? Well, right now, I, I tell you, everyone, it's you know, I'm probably not going to clear it up enough for you right now because Jason's been dinged up at the last last parts of the last two games. You know, Jalen still is is working through things. He's been practicing in in different capacities for over three weeks now. Um, we're we're kind of seeing. We're hoping that they're both going to be available, and then we've got to add the young true freshman Ethan Vasco, who, who really finished up the game for us. So, um, like many teams, in fact, we were talking about this earlier in practice today about the amount of teams that have had to play backup quarterbacks and even more so. And I know there in, in Texas has as well. It, it's really unique. So, but, uh, you know, Jalen did do, you know, spark this football team and program last year with his performance and then unselfishly um, really sacrificed a year of eligibility in some regards by to continue to play those last two games instead of protecting that four game red shirt because he saw what it was going to do probably for him, but also more importantly for this program. And he is such a, a fine young man and, and leader and has charisma and energy that uh, a program that's been down for a while definitely needs at that position. And, and you guys are about as balanced an offense as any team in the country. You run and pass a lot of triple option. Uh, can you explain that? How can y'all be that proficient? There are not enough hours to work on all of that. And <laughs> a lot of option teams are just option teams. So how do y'all pull it off? Well, you know, uh, Andy Kolnicki, our offensive coordinator, offensive staff has done a great job of implementing some of those option schemes that started last spring when we looked at our personnel. And, you know, uh, you know, let's be honest. You know, it's hard to line up sometimes uh, with the with the Texas and the Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and Baylor last year, just personnel wise, especially where we've been as a program, where we've been under scholarship, and then of course uh, overcoming a lack of success. So, how can you create other ways to be balanced? And and everywhere we've been, guys, uh, stops along the way. We've always strived for balance, but in the same times, we've always said we'd play to our strengths and use as many personnel groupings that would allow us based on a certain year to play in, in a fashion that would give us a chance to win football games. That's 12 personnel, 11 personnel. And, and then early in the year before one of our running backs, Daniel Hyshaw, who was playing really well for us was injured. We really had four running backs that were doing a good job and we were mixing and matching a lot of things. And, um, and we had a game with guys, uh, I think 11 guys were either targeted or had catches 
and that was in a close football game. Wow. So we're, we're spreading it out. And, and again, it does take some practice time, you know, Kirk, kind of like you said, but through repetitions and our practice format, we, we feel we're able to, to, to get it covered and uh, kind of hopefully, at, you know, leveled that playing field for us a little bit. And I think that's worked out nicely. I got to ask, I mean, I mean, you're a winner, Lance. You're a winner. Uh, 109 and 6 at Wisconsin Whitewater, 6D3 Natties, three winning seasons in Buffalo, which was in the dregs. And then you take take on this momentous challenge. Kansas at the very bottom of the Big 12 and maybe the very bottom of college football. And within less than three seasons, you've got the Jayhawks in a bowl game. What's your secret sauce and can you share it with some of our other coaching <laughs> colleagues to make our experiences better? Well, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm flattered by, by, by your statements, but I don't know if there's a secret sauce. I, I think it's by, you know, kind of be where your free feet are at each and every day and work to get a little bit better than you were the day before. And, and, and probably in both these last two jobs, it comes down to a lot of that where, um, we can't worry about the scoreboard and the standings on, you know, Monday through Friday or let alone on Saturday. We have to try to be a little bit better and 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 control the things that we can and use that as our, our barometer and our gauge of how we're getting better. And if we if we if we stay that course with attention to detail, um, you know, the wins start they'll 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 start showing up and, and they do in a natural way. Um, we inherited a program. I don't know where we were nationally. We looked it up that I know we, we led the big 12 in penalties, uh, the year before our arrival. And I think last year we tied for fourth least in the country. And I think it starts with everyday accountability and discipline of doing the little things, right. Taking care of the ball and ball security that, that gives you a chance to, I, I keep using the same words, but narrow the gap and try to get games close into the fourth quarter and find a way to win them. I was wondering, uh, I was curious about your contract. Uh, I mean, you should be coach of the year. Cedric and I both agree with it. Sonny's done a phenomenal job at Fort Worth. Yes, he has. Uh, But you've had different challenges that that Sonny doesn't face. He had 18 starters coming back. So We're saying national national coach. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely national. Yeah. I don't know. Did you have a good bonus? I don't know how good your agent is. Do you have a good incentive <laughs> bonus? Um, you know what? I I would assume it's in there, but to be honest, I don't know. Um, usually, there's that. I, I don't know. It's somebody usually sends it to me. It's that one guy on Twitter that works for the USA Today. He's the one that probably knows my contract better than me. So, <laughs> but uh, that's our friend um, Dan Woken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know. Um, you know, you get a lot of credit as a head coach, guys, as you know, and then there's other things you got to take on. But this isn't a one man band by any stretch of the imagination. I've been very fortunate um, to have a great group of guys. We have a fine staff. Um, I know you're talking about Wisconsin Whitewater way back. I mean, we used to battle Mary Hard Baylor down there and, uh, yeah. and a lot of uh, Pete Fredenberg's team was a really good oh, team, yeah. but but Brian Borland's been with me as the defensive coordinator now all 16 years. I've been a head coach. Andy Kolnicki was our last two years at Whitewater. Um, 
He's been 10 years with me. Our quarterback coach, Jim Zabrowski, was my first offensive coordinator at Whitewater. So we've got some guys that have been together. And when you talk about different things for secret sauce, whatever, but I've got a, a, a good group of guys who are loyal, excellent football coaches. I don't know if their resumes are going to be eye popping to people, but they're solid coaches, teachers, and and really good men that that help uh, help our guys grow in many different ways. And I think the consistency of our staff and alignment is the word I like to use is that they're aligned well, that we have a chance to continue to move forward without always worrying about guys either leaving for other jobs and doing other things. It's allowed us at all these stops to to build the program correctly. Speaking of leaving for other jobs, your name only gets mentioned about every 10 or 15 minutes for whether it's Nebraska or Wisconsin. I mean, that's a tightrope. I know coaches really have to walk and don't really like that part of it, especially, you know, this late in the season. How do you handle that? And uh, I'm sure Kansas is on pins and needles wanting you to stay the next 30 years. Well, you know, well, first of all, I ain't got 30 years left, gentlemen. So, I mean, I'm a little, so uh, my, and, and, and the real head coach is my wife and she's made that perfectly clear. So, um, but. Um, ask her, ask you know, her Jalen Daniels is starting. But, you know, um, you know, I kind of go back to what I said earlier, you got to be where your feet are at. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, you know, though sometimes your name gets attached to things because, you know, you have a connection in your past, you know, you, right. you, it's your home state or you live there. My wife's from the, you know, there. Um, if you look at also at the part of, you know, my career, I I've never been a real job hopper. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not a 10 jobs in 15 year type of guy. And, and we came here for, for building this and, and the things that you, we've said about the other two places is we wanted to build consistent winners. Okay. And we don't want this just to be a blip and, and a one time while you finally got to a bowl, you know, at, at whatever wins is that we, we want to make this a consistent program. And that's what I believe in. And I think we have a lot of work to do. We're extremely happy here. It's played out to be what everybody told me about living in Lawrence, Kansas. And, uh, and that's where we expect to be. Well, uh, uh, Mark Stoops said some things about Kentucky being a, a football school. Is Kansas a football school now? <laughs> you know, we, we can be both. As I said, right. I'm, I'm very comfortable with Bill Self being our basketball coach and 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 really the the focus and the and the figurehead of this athletic department and deservedly so. And uh I'm just a fortunate guy that's a D3 coach that just is lucky enough to coach in the Big 12, and we're going to focus on making this the best thing. You can be successful in multiple sports and in and, sure. and places like Texas have. And I, I keep referring back to my Division three days, but there was a time we won national championship one year in football, basketball, and baseball. Wow. And, and, was, so, wow. and, and, and as you know, if, if you – if you work together and, and there's a lot of benefits that can be spread throughout an athletic department, it, the culture changes the expectation and it, it, it motivates student athletes 
all across the board, men's and women's sports that allow you, if you can, if you can, you know, stay within, stay within, uh, I guess, reason of everybody has a chance. You don't, it is to me, it's not an either or. And I've said this at every stop as a head coach as well. The basketball program's not on our schedule. I'm not competing <laughs> against them. We're competing with them. Yeah. And what we've been able to say, and you mentioned Mark Mangino before, you know, I talked to coach Mangino before I took this job as well as Glenn Mason. And, um, you know, coach Mangino said, Lance, he goes, don't worry about the stadium. Don't worry about things like that. He goes, if you win games, they'll sit, they'll sit on a bed of nails to come watch your team play. And, and we saw that when we started winning, we, we were able to fill the stadium and, and I really appreciate our fans and, and uh, we will still, as you well know, we'll fill Allen Fieldhouse each and every game as well. Well, what about these Texas Longhorns concerns you? You know they're they're going to be spitting fire after you guys came in here and beat them 57-56. Um, what, what, what about them concerns you offensively and defensively? Well, the simplistic way is just overall speed and athleticism. Again, is it shows so many playmakers, and 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 you watch it at uh, all levels of the defense, offensively, the weapons and the speed in which they can they make things happen. Um, I think their offensive line is is much improved from a year ago. Um, you know, you can tell again that. Um, you know, we you can take the records away because first of all, you know, we've got Alabama as a non-conference opponent and things like that, and not many people are signing up for that. So, um, you know, it's a you can tell it's a second year of a coaching staff too, and and comfort and and where they're at and how they're doing things. So, um, the explosiveness, of course, uh, offensively, once they get in rhythm, can be, you know, is something that we've really got to be be aware of and ready to go. And we've got to find a way to control the ball ourselves and maintain some drives. You know, they only scored a field goal on offense last week. So how hard can it be, right? Yeah, that, that, you, you just added more fuel to that fire. Thanks, Kurt. But, it, I, you know, you know, I didn't even know that. And, you know, I, I heard the score as we were leaving Tech after our disappointing game. And I saw that the score got close. And then I, I quickly, before I went to the coach's copy, I watched the TV copy quick because I, I, I like to watch to watch flows of games and stuff and what really happens that you don't get in the coach's copy. But I, I didn't know it was a fumble like that late in the game that, that no. really kind of, kind of, which looked like it was over, kind of put it back in, in, in an exciting fashion. But uh, yeah. But weird like you had said, earlier, weird low scoring game. We, we don't see many low scoring games like that in our league, do we? <laughs> No, I mean the the one that's probably had the most, but you know, maybe you know they they haven't had the offensive year after some of the people they lost. But it's the really good defense at at Iowa State right. that's been holding people down. But the rest right. of them is. Uh, but uh, that said, though, like you said, Sonny Dykes has done an outstanding job. But and there, and that's a good football team. And and again, this league. The the other thing is, gentlemen, is. It's. I think it's because hopefully our program is now pulling its share of the rope. But it's all like pre-game conversations with the opposing coaches. Everybody's talking about really how competitively balanced and good balance this conference has become. 
And never uh, seen it, never seen it this even. Anybody can beat anybody. You know, I know coaches yeah. like to say that, but it really applies. Truly, sure. It's true. Truly. Really. Yeah. And it's and part of it is how do you match up? Where's the game being played? Right. And probably whose quarterback got hurt the week before. <laughs> I hate to say it, you know, and, yeah. and it's and it's really can tell. So it, it is, and and I think it's gonna be nothing but that in the years to come. Van Malone's still on your staff, right? Van Malone, he's at K-State. K-State. Oh, I'm sorry. Forgive me. No, that's all right. And that's I, the last time to... we probably use – we don't say that word around here very much. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask about Devin Neal. I mean, this is a league full of great running backs, isn't it? It is. And, uh, you know, Devin is as steady as they come. Um you know, I mentioned earlier in the year we we ended we ended up Daniel Highshaw was you know injured. We lost him for the year, but he had missed last season. And then we added two transfer running backs, Kai Thomas from the University of Minnesota, Sevia Morrison from the Nebraska. So we had a little more depth to start the year. And then Kai was was banged up as well. So maybe the the carries and the and maybe the the stats weren't showing Devin's play. But I told him, I said, you know, there's going to be some games you're going to get back to this, you know, your your 20-plus carries like you had against Oklahoma and Texas last year, and he's ready to go and played so well against Oklahoma State. And I don't know, but I think you guys have um, followed this enough. I think it's maybe not coincidental, but very happy for the hometown guy from Lawrence, Kansas, to to play as well as he did, and to, to help to help his university and program get its sixth win and go to a bowl game. I I, I think the I think somebody upstairs is making sure something like that happened. Lance, are you guys getting that buzz on campus that that we suspect is happening? Because well, when when Texas uh, lost to Kansas in Lawrence and Charlie Strong's final year, the newspaper editor goes, "Oh my God, this is great! This is third win." I go. You won three games this year? She goes, no, we've won three games since I've been here. And now here you are um, in a bowl game look, looking for a seventh win um, against an opponent you beat last year. Are you guys getting the requisite love that you deserve on that campus? I think so. You know, I, I think our players, uh, you know, can feel it. They, they walk the campus with more pride. Um, you know, it's tough to wear your letter jacket around sometimes when you're when you're not winning many games. And and, uh, you know, I know Kenny Logan, our safety, kind of made a comment about that. I don't know if it's after the it might have been after the Houston for our third win or something. It was like he kind of made about walking around campus a little bit differently. And 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 I think the student, the student body and our people have seen it. And it's kind of like I talked about the two programs before. I think our community embraces it after, you know, when. You know, who would ever thought maybe ever, let alone this quickly, that college game day would come to Lawrence, Kansas for football. Okay. And 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 when they saw that and the crowd that came out, I, I think uh, I think our players were, you know, really felt the appreciation from our fan base. And are your facilities, are y'all upgrading your facilities? Well, yes, we we made an announcement right about the day before uh, game day was here and that, uh, you know, obviously we're still working on all the designs and all that, but, you know, we need to um, to stay up in, in a lot of different areas, but hopefully this alignment of success and need at the same time gives us some of those opportunities um, 
uh, you know, to build the build ways that, you know, recruiting has changed now with a lot of different other things that young men are looking at. But we, we do need to get some things better for our fans, but more importantly, for our student athletes. And Travis Goff, our athletic director, is working tirelessly on that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, man, we love having you with us. You know, you're a favorite of our On Second Thought podcast, and uh, we uh, love what you're doing at Kansas. And I hope your agent has paid more attention to the details <laughs> of your contract than you do. <laughs> I hope so, too. Well, you know, I, I just pinch myself I'm here sometimes, but I'll, we'll, hopefully we'll have that problem to look at, and maybe I can join you again sometime, guys, and we can we will talk about that. Maybe steak, Maybe steak dinner on me. How about that? Hey, yeah. Hey, made us believers. Hey, now we're talking. <laughs> we're, gonna that, we're gonna leave that money stuff up to Miss Leipold. Don't don't worry about that. You're a good answer. You're a good answer. Longhorns at Jayhawks, two thirty p.m. on Saturday. A battle of six and four teams. Can't wait for this one. And we appreciate you, Coach Lance Leipold, for joining us. Uh, good luck this weekend, and uh, it's always good to chop it up, sir. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. You Appreciate too. it, Lance. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. On Second Thought. Doug, just such a, such a cool cat. That was fun. That was fun. He's he's confident, and he knows he's at the control of one of, one of the up-and-coming programs in the country. How long he sticks around, who knows? But uh, he's getting it done in Lawrence. Yeah, he said, you know, we don't want to be a blip. You know, in Kansas, it's usually been a blip. Mm-hmm. You know, Mark Mangino, Glenn Mason, they all have times when they kind of raise up. You know, Todd Reesing, you know, quarterbacking them to the Orange Bowl. But it's hard to sustain it at a place like Kansas. So, but I don't know, we're just glad to have him in our league and glad to uh, associate with him because he's a real cool guy, very grounded. He really is. And, you know, the, the Longhorns need this one, man. They need it. Yeah. I oh, mean, dude. this is not – I mean, they're bowl eligible, but, you know, they, they have certain coming here to to get their bowl eligible. He got he came in here to win nine or ten games a year. And yeah. no one said it was going to be overnight. But that, TC, that TCU game, um, they lost to a good team, but it's, it's, the, it's the Oklahoma oh, State losses and the Texas Tech losses – or the losses that that plague coaches around here that are trying to build something. Those are the ones you got to win. And also the way he lost. I mean, scoring a field goal on offense, sixty minutes, and TCU's defense was ranked eighty-six in the country. Not everybody, great. Not everybody great. was scoring on them. Everybody was moving the ball on them. But Texas is at home. They're 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 healthy, and they got a field goal in sixty minutes. Pure and simple. That's all. That's impossible to overlook. And Sark's an offensive guru. They hired him to bring life into this offense and to make it a consistent offense. And usually it has, but in the biggest moment, you know, second halves, entire game against TCU, the offense didn't show. And you ask him a a very pointed question at the presser, and I'm going to play this for our listeners. Good team finds a way to win. Do you still feel you're a good team? Yeah. Is there anybody on offense that really you thought played winning football? Um, I, I do think we're a good football team. Um, you know, we've lost to a couple good teams. Um, we've stubbed our own toes sometimes, and that's a level of consistency that we got to keep working towards. 
Um, I thought Jordan Winnington played winning football for sure the other night. Uh, he was the guy that if I could say that guy played it, uh, whether it was in the run game, um, whether it was get, providing a spark for us offensively with the ball in his hand, I thought he he looked a little more reminiscent to the guy from earlier in the season. I thought he had a little lull in there, uh, was fighting through a couple nagging injury things, but really bounced back the other night and played well. No, that would be the guy. Are you a good team? Yeah. Um, they're okay, Duck. I don't know how good yeah. they are. I don't well, know. Six and four, how many really good six and four teams? I know it sounds good to the Aggies right now. I think they'd take that. But six and four is not a good record for a Texas. It is for Kansas. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I know you and I catch abuse all over Twitter and oh, Facebook yeah. and social media but because we keep it real. I'm good. They didn't hire Sarkeesian to go six and four or five and seven. So there needs to be that sense of urgency. And I just think, I just think it kind of comes down to said that there's a false sense of security with these coaches that, oh, I got a six year deal. I'm good. Yeah, you got it for money wise because it's guaranteed. But these fans have been suffering for 13 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, nine. And they're waiting to see some results. And this is the third coach after Mac. And so it's – and I, I don't even think you can blame the Texas fans for being impatient because they've been waiting 13 years. And they know how it is when it's great. They they were here in the 2000s. Right. When it was rolling, when they were in the Fiesta Bowl, when they were in – when they played in three Rose Bowls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Over there. Rose yeah. Bowls. So they know what it's like to right. be great. And so uh, they patiently waited. Uh, they survived the Charlie Strong era. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a taste with Tom, but it wasn't enough. No. Now you have a guy who's at 11 and 11, and, and Duck, he may have wasted B. John Robinson, who's arguably the fourth best running back to ever come yep. through here. Yep. And hadn't won a conference since he's been here. And probably not going to win one this year. It always kind of hated. I think a lot of fans get tired of. Well, they can still get there, you know, if they win out. And Kansas State loses to West Virginia, or Kansas, and Oklahoma State loses. You know, I think a lot of the what fans are, are tired of the whole. What, what are if. we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. Win your games. Control your win stuff. Your games. Control your exactly. stuff. No, we did. We did have a light moment with Bijan, who, who Duck, we love. Yeah, Just he's a prince. Great. Just a prince of a kid, just a lovely, yes. lovely human being. And um, listen to this exchange he had with um, Danny Davis, and then listen for my voice at the end. I think big picture that this maybe your last couple games of this team. Is true. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll see. You know, by the time the, the season's over. But for me, I'm just enjoying these these moments. You know. Uh, with the teammates, and you know, I'll I'll talk about that. You know, at the end of the season, we'll miss shoot. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> gonna miss him. Gonna miss him. We are gonna miss him. Not as much as Sark is gonna miss him. Oh wow. Yeah, he's you know he's up there among the favorite Longhorn athletes. You know, I've ever had the privilege to cover 
because he's just so authentic, so genuine, a so sweet grounded, kid. A sweet, sweet kid. kid, and he's a superstar. He really is, and, and he's never and he changed. Doesn't carry himself like no, a superstar. He does not. He does not. And anybody that's come uh, in contact with him knows he's the real deal. And let's hope they uh, give him the ball on Saturday, more than twelve touches, and throw him a pass. How much does the how much does the cold weather worry you? Because if you get behind in Kansas, you know they get a full stadium and they know what it's like to beat Texas. How worried are you about the weather? I'm not as worried if if Sarkeesian remembers that he has the best running back in college football on his team. Bijan's built for cold weather. Oh yeah, he's yeah. the truth. If you've got a big time running back on a slick track or a cold track, give him the ball. Yeah, and I had people on Twitter. Oh, he, didn't, he only had twenty six yards, twenty eight yards on twelve carries. Bijan Robinson gets better the more you feed him. Yeah, you think he's going to have twenty nine? You think he's going to have fifty yards on twenty carries? No, he's going to bust one or two of those. You mean like Kendrick Miller? With Kendrick Miller, they kept yeah. feeding him, and then boom, the dam burst. Yeah, and that could be a third or fourth quarter touchdown. You know, so. Yeah, you got to get him the ball. You got to get. He even talked about it this week to us. You got to get the ball in your playmaker's hands. Or Sean no said that. And Keelan, Keelan Robinson didn't have a, a carry. No time. Bijan didn't have a pass target. I mean, you know, we can talk Don't about. Don't hit your wagon to a young quarterback who's not ready to be great. He's inconsistent. He's Take a game manager. Get the ball into the hands of your most experienced players. Yeah. Throw Xavier Worthy some hitch routes, get his hands yeah. on the ball. No need to swing for the fences when you don't have to. No, and I'm not, a, I'm not a coach, but I've been around great Texas teams. Shoot, Greg Davis threw Roy Williams hitch routes. He wasn't throwing deep to Roy Williams every play. No. He got his hands on the ball and let him do something with it. There's such a thing as yak and, and uh, yards after catch. And you've got guys that can make moves. Throw the ball to B. John Robinson. How about that? No, no targets. No targets. And, and one thing Sarkeesian said Monday was that about the defending the long plays, the long pass plays. He said a lot of those are designed. <clears throat> I know a lot of people Saturday night were coming after us saying, oh, he's just making his reads. Well, how many times did Sark say Monday? Well, a lot of these are designed pass plays to loosen up the, the safeties and linebackers and you know, get them off the line of scrimmage so we have more running lanes. So he made a point to say several times those were designed long pass patterns. But, you know, a lot of times he's covered and he hasn't been accurate on that. So I bet you – I know he'll throw one or two, and I and I understand that. But I understand the philosophy. But if it's not working, don't have a steady diet of that. And I do worry about the drop passes. They had at least four that you and I counted. And – if it is cold weather, you know, if. I worry about that. Well, it's going to be cold. I, I saw it's like 17 to 37 starts on Saturday. So, and uh, who knows how they'll react. I mean, here's the other thing, too, Sid. I don't know if they're coming out breathing fire. They're going to breathe smoke because it's so cold. But <laughs> I, I don't know if they're breathing fire like, boy, we're going to take it to Kansas because – in their minds, in their hearts, they don't think they have a chance for Arlington anymore, do they? I don't know that they do. I mean, I know they're saying all the right things, but too much has to happen. Yeah. When and and yeah. 
And uh, man, I think I, I just don't I just don't know that, that that that's really realistic. I hope wouldn't we all love to go to Jerry World and yeah. cover horns in a Big Twelve title game for the first time since twenty eighteen? We'd love to do that. A chance to go to Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. And it would a chance to go back to New Orleans. And didn't we enjoy that trip? Yeah, so, that was fun. Um, the question I have for you before we get out of here is: um, Will they, if they're down twenty-one-seven, will it's possible? And I hope I hope that's not going to be the case. No, we, we contrary to popular belief, we don't like writing about losing. <laughs> it's a lot easier for us when we're writing about wins, mm-hmm. speaking about wins. But if they're down. In the first half, does he go to Hudson Card? Yeah, we'll see how stubborn he is. You and I both thought he should have uh, last week when it wasn't working. It's clear it wasn't working. I mean, he scored 31 points in the first half on the road at K-State. They looked magnificent. Well, they looked under Sark. Yeah. And, and here they get shut out and get a field goal the whole 60 minutes. So – yeah, I just you know you got to send a message to your team, your staff, your fan base that we're going to do anything, anything in our power to win this game. Not like, well, we're on a five year program and we'll get it done. And yeah, Quinn Ewers is young. It's like win the game. That's all that matters. Doesn't have to look pretty. And 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 don't take for granted that Arch Banning's coming. We're hearing rumblings. Who knows? There are rumblings that who knows? he may be visiting other places, and so um, that you've got to put wins in the book. I think I think you finish eight and four, and Arch is coming. But mm-hmm. you stop your toe and go six and six, and you know that phone is ringing in New Orleans. Everything might be on the table. Yeah, Everything. yeah. I don't know. I just. You know, you've kind of mocked me a little bit because I was on the bandwagon. I trusted them, and and you didn't, and you were right. And I just thought, well, I just thought this team was different. And I guess part of that said is that the eyeball test. It's like they're playing so much better. They're That's almost they got stars. You get tired of saying they almost beat Alabama. They almost beat this team. Can't live on that. Can't live on that. You know, you can't live on almost. You know, that's what that's what losers do. Though what is your record is what it says you are. That's what Coach Parcells always said. And you are they, what your record says you are. They need to be eight and four to show real progress. Cause right now, just being six win team and bowl eligible, that's not gonna placate any Longhorn fans. That won't cut it. That won't cut it. Need a dub in Lawrence. Need a dub. On Black Friday against Baylor, that's yeah, what they, they need. They Eight do. And four is marked improvement over five and seven. Uh, could have been better this season. <laughs> yeah, but there's still a lot of football to be played starting Saturday, two thirty p.m. at Lawrence against the Kansas Jayhawks. Wear that's a coat. Fun. Wear a coat. I'm gonna wear a coat. I'm gonna wear a sweater. I'm gonna wear gloves. I'm gonna have a Layer. hat. Layer up. Wear some galoshes, and I don't even know what a galosh is, but if I see one, I'm going to buy one. Yeah, put them on. A galosh duck. (laughs) That will do it for for episode 280 of On Second Thought. Big thanks to Coach Lance Leipold of Kansas for joining us. For the duck, I'm Seth Golden. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.